Who wants to be a superhero? Erica Belfry once did. But after an ill-fated attempt to stop a supervillain's bank robbery, she found herself on the wrong side of the law as the supervillain Princess Crash. Now partnered with Jefferson, alias Weatherman, a crotchety thespian with storm powers, and ironically the same villain she tried to stop in her first heroic venture, Erica finds herself navigating the complicated world behind the cape. One in which every daring hero and villainous heel answers to a corrupt secret organization known only as the Board. Forced to battle heroes in orchestrated public bouts known as capers, Erica for a while enjoyed her new adventures as a pretend villain. That was until she discovered the harsh truth. Although their capers were planned, the consequences of a heel losing a caper and being caught meant going to prison for life. Now caught as pawns in the schemes of the true enemies who control the battleground, Erica and Jefferson recognize the dangers they face. For this is a dangerous world for those who don't play their parts in this theater of heels. Support me on Patreon! Previously on Theater of Heels, in preparation for their new caper against a super fast sprinter, Jefferson ventures ahead of Erica to scout out their target, the Prime Investment Bank. After placing himself in the optimal position to set the stage for their upcoming robbery, Jefferson unexpectedly encounters his estranged daughter, Juliet, who works as one of the bank's managers. Upon recognizing him, Juliet, who goes by Julia, confronts Jefferson about his intentions for her bank and demands that he leave immediately. Jefferson reluctantly agrees, but before he can exit, the bank is invaded by four masked gunmen who assault Julia before his eyes. Enraged by their actions, Jefferson and later Erica find themselves in the role of unexpected heroes as they attack the bank robbers head on. However, their momentary stint in heroics takes a violent turn when the last armed robber turns his gun on his daughter Julia and fires. At that moment, Erica narrowly manages to capture Julia, the gun, and the oncoming bullet in her stasis sphere. Although her actions bought them time, Erica's device could not halt the bullet's progress. The heels watch in horror as the bullet slowly drips towards the frozen Julia's heart. As death draws closer to Julia, Jefferson is forced to make a desperate choice to save his daughter's life. However, before he can act on this plan, Sprinter, the hero that he and Erica were scheduled to fight, arrives. Enraged at the hero's sudden intrusion, Jefferson lashes out, leading to a brief, violent battle before Erica intervenes. As he is the only one fast enough to help, Erica convinces Sprinter to help them save Julia. Sprinter immediately agrees and dives head on into the stasis sphere, where he just manages to reach Julia in time before she could be shot. Jefferson rushes to his daughter's side, but his relief instantly vanishes when Sprinter collapses to the ground, bleeding from the gunshot he took in Julia's stead. In a fit of desperation, Erica and Jefferson loaded Sprinter in the back of their aircraft, an LP-3, and flew him to the hospital. There, they left him with the emergency personnel, rushed him to the OR. With no other options, the pair of villains were forced to flee the scene. And now, I present you with our current episode. Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heels, Chapter 32, Cracks in the Soul. Beep, beep, beep. 
The delivery truck rhythmically chimed as Erica reversed it against the loading dock's bay door. Jefferson mutantly noted that despite how badly her body trembled, Erica's ever-reliable hands remained steady on the wheel. She slowed the vehicle to a gentle stop, flush against the wall. Erica cut the engine, sagged against the steering wheel, and slowly exhaled. A sob sliced through her. She stiffened and blinked back hot tears, dimming back the tsunami within her. Jefferson, sitting in his place beside her, wanted to reach out to Erica, to comfort her, but he stayed his hand. He knew the moment that he showed her any compassion, the resolve that Erica had been leaning against would snap beneath the weight of her heavy heart. Besides, Jefferson had his own feelings on the matter. His heart ached with Sprinter, maybe not with the same passion that Erica felt, but the young man truly proved himself to be a hero in the end. He scolded himself. Not the end, you blathering idiot. He'll pull through. Jefferson shuddered. He must. Jefferson then noticed Erica staring at him. Her lip trembled. Sensing the cracks forming in her internal dam, Jefferson took action. Let's go inside and unload the truck, shall we? Erica sucked in a sharp breath on the verge of becoming something more and nodded. They entered the loading bay's side entrance with little fuss. Jefferson knew from experience that this was because his young partner's ingenuity. Her passive sensors had allowed them easy passage, where a random person would find their path barred and a rude awakening if they decided to press their luck. Jefferson reflected on their time after they left Sprinter at the hospital. The silence they flew in was only spoiled once when Erica released a sob that she quickly stifled. At which point, Jefferson wordlessly reached for his pocket handkerchief, but stopped short as he remembered he left it behind with his daughter. Then it was Jefferson's turn to stare off into the horizon, blinking back tears. Time passed in an agonizing blur. Per their usual plan, they arrived at the abandoned farmhouse deep in the back country outside of Majestic. They loaded Penelope 3 and their remaining gear in the back of a nondescript loading truck. Jefferson offered, Would you like me to drive? Erica just shook her head, not meeting his eyes, before she hopped up in the driver's seat. The second leg of their journey was far more arduous. They thought about turning on the radio and getting an update, but fearing the news would be negative, neither tried. Through an unspoken agreement, they chose a dark uncertainty over discovering the damaging truth. Now they were home, and their friend's fate could no longer be avoided. Jefferson held the door open for Erica, who automatically rounded the corner and went to the delivery truck's back doors. Within the truck's compartment, a series of subtle clicks and whirs occurred as the truck's sensors unlocked itself for Erica. Erica slid the rolling door up and froze. Within the delivery truck's compartment was Penelope III, resting in its cradle. However, it wasn't the aircraft that drew Erica's fragile attention. She stared at the blood, Sprinter's blood, the pain in the back seat of Penelope III. Jefferson placed a hand on her shoulder. She looked up at him, lip trembling. Go have a seat. I shall take care of this. He pointed to a set of crates neatly stacked in the corner. Erica started to protest. But he gently overrode her. I'll handle this. She nodded and walked over to where he pointed. Jefferson watched her go for a moment. He didn't like the faraway look in her eyes. What did soldiers call it? Shell shock? 
Regardless, it wasn't good. He exhaled slowly and turned back to the waiting carnage. He slowly stepped into the driver's seat. He wasn't a pilot by any stretch of the imagination, but Erica, with her uncanny foresight, had planned for such an occasion, should the need arise. Jefferson pressed a preordained button that lit up with a beep. It was waiting his verbal command. Jefferson said, Computer, turn on autopilot. Voice command, weatherman. Penelope 3's automated voice responded, Authorization code. Jefferson sighed before saying, Shakespeare rules. Authorized. Welcome, weatherman. You have great taste. Despite the gravity of their situation, Jefferson smiled. He didn't know Erica had programmed it to say that. In the next few minutes, Penelope 3's amazing autopilot, guided by Jefferson's voice commands, glided out of the back of the truck and into the waiting freight elevator that led up to Erica's lab. Autopilot, land please, Jefferson ordered. Penelope 3 gently touched down on the floor of the elevator. Jefferson exited the aircraft and approached his partner. For her part, Erica sat listlessly on the crate, staring at the floor. Jefferson knelt before her eyeline. Erica blinked then focused on him. Are you ready to go upstairs? Erica considered the question for a moment, then slowly nodded. He smiled at her warmly before he stood up, threw her arm around her shoulder, and guided her to the freight elevator. The ride upstairs was as silent as the previous ones. Underneath his arm, Erica trembled violently. The elevator finally came to a stop and pinged open. As the door slid open, a new voice slammed into them. Where have you been? I was worried sick! Both Erica and Jefferson jumped with a start. Lightning arced out of Jefferson's eyes as he screamed, What the? Erica's head popped up in recognition. Huh? She only had an instant to register Mary Belfry's presence before the older woman swooped in and threw her arms around her. Erica grunted as Mary squeezed her hard. Oh, thank God! I thought that... that... Mary then grabbed Erica by the shoulders and shoved her back at arm's length. What were you thinking? You scared me to death! Erica stared at her mom wide-eyed. Mom, I... It didn't look that complicated to me, said Mary. You tried to rob another bank, she glared at her daughter. And Sprinter arrived to stop you. In the end, you nearly killed him, and he had to be rushed to the hospital. Wait, Erica stared at her mom, shocked. Is that all you know? Isn't that enough? Mary screamed. Erica shook her head. No, it's not nearly enough. No, 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 no. Not nearly enough. That's not nearly close to the truth. Damn them. Mary snapped. Language, young lady. Trapped in the absurdity of the moment, Erica paused to look at her mother. She sighed. Sorry. Don't take that tone with me, said Mary. Erica raised an eyebrow. Jefferson interjected. None of the news affiliates reported who took Sprinter to the hospital? Mary hissed. What does that matter? Jefferson pinched the bridge of his nose, shutting his eyes tight. His eyelids flashed as lightning coursed through them. Madam, he said with emphasized patience, it matters a great deal. Why? Mary demanded. Jefferson opened his eyes and regarded her. As formidable as Mary Belfry was, even she took a step back under the harsh light of Jefferson's stern gaze. 
Realizing her momentary slip, Mary's back stiffened as she glared back at him. Why does that matter? Jefferson met her stare evenly. As he looked at her, he thought about everything that they had been through today. He thought about the unexpected encounter with his estranged daughter after all these years and almost losing her to violence. He thought about Sprinter, a man he never cared for, who risked everything to save his daughter's life moments after they violently fought. The image of Sprinter, bleeding before him, forced itself into his mind's eye. His fingers unconsciously fidgeted. Like Lady Macbeth, he could not escape the ghostly sensation of blood covering his hands. These memories put Mary's anger into perspective. Jefferson found her less intimidating, but he also felt for her plight. When he didn't answer her, Mary turned on her daughter. For that matter, why are you doing any of this? Erica grabbed a wrench and hurled it across the lab. It crashed into one of her robots, who placidly watched the tool fall. Oh my god, Mom! Mary and Jefferson looked at her startled. Tears streamed down Erica's face as she shrieked, Do you think I would do any of this if I had a choice? Would I give up my dreams, break the law, disappoint you, Dad, or Cedric, or run around as a costume villain if I had a choice? Mary's expression softened. She implored, But you do have a choice, honey. You can... You know nothing about my choices! Erica screamed. She closed her eyes and took a deep breath. When she spoke nets, her tone was measured. I appreciate you, Mom, and the help you're trying to give me. But you? She looked at her mother, and Mary, for the second time in minutes, felt the urge to take a step back. I have no clue about the pressures we live under. Mary pointed at Jefferson and regarded her with emotionless eyes. Is he? Jefferson saved my life more times than I can count. If not for him... My situation would be worse, and you would have never seen me again. Mary's lip quivered as she pleaded. Then tell me what's happening. Help me understand. Erica's eyes hardened. Jefferson understood that this hardness was as brittle as a plate. Erica was barely keeping herself together. One errant word or action, and the young woman would come crumbling down. Erica said, I can't. More importantly, I won't. The more you know, the more danger you're in, and I'm not willing to take that risk. Mary pressed her hand to her heart. I am. I'm not, and that's final, Erica said decisively. Mary balked. It most certainly isn't. It is, said Erica. What's more, you need to understand that if you're going to be a part of this, a part of my life here, you need to accept that I'm going to continue to invent, and that I'm going to continue to commit robberies. And if I can't? Asked Mary. Erica, Erica nodded to the main elevator. And there's the door. Mary's eyes bulged. You? Would kick me out? Erica exhaled slowly, and Jefferson saw the cracks in her hard exterior spread. Mom... I just had one of the worst days of my life. I watched someone's life hang in the balance not once, but twice. And someone I care deeply about is fighting for their very life. You mean Sprinter? Erica gave her a knowing look. 
What's more, the entire world thinks we tried to kill him when we actually tried to. <sighs> she shook her head. You know what? I don't have it. I can't do this argument anymore. You either support me or you don't. How can you ask that of me when you won't tell me what happened today? Erica's body shook as another crack shot up her core. Mom, you... Show her. Erica and Mary paused as they both looked at Jefferson. Mary demanded, Show me what? Erica ignored her as she said, You want me to show? But I haven't had time to edit it. What about... Jefferson shook his head. It doesn't matter. Show her everything we have for today. There are no incriminating details on it. At least nothing that she doesn't already know. However, your mother, he met the older woman's eyes. Mary needs to understand what you, we, have been through today. What about the girl? Erica gave him a knowing look. You know, the bank manager? Jefferson said, Mary can know about my daughter. Mary's eyes bulged. Your daughter? What are you talking about? Erica stared at Jefferson and nodded. Okay. She raised her gauntlet and tapped the buttons on its holographic controls. Mary looked at Jefferson. What's going on? Your daughter will show you the raw footage we recorded today. Jefferson nodded. We are going to show you our side of the story. Under Erica's control, several battle balls floated out of the back of Penelope III's compartment and flew to the docking station by a computer bank. After a few minutes, Erica waved them over to a series of large monitors. It's ready, she said flatly. Here's all the footage we have on the battle ball. Here's all the footage we have from the battle balls, the traffic cams, the bank security feed, and the cameras from the sandwich shop across the street. Jefferson smiled slightly. Mary repeated, The sandwich shop across the street? You know what? I don't care. Show me what you have. Mary sat in the seat directly in front of the main monitor. Erica joined the seat beside her while Jefferson stood stoically behind them. Erica started the playthrough. They watched the unfiltered footage simultaneously play out on multiple split screens. While they watched, Erica shook violently. Mary's expression was stony, except for the time the gunman took Jefferson's daughter hostage. She looked up at him in surprise. Jefferson ignored her as he stared at the footage, studying Julia's terrified face. Erica turned it off when the video showed them flying away from the hospital on Penelope 3. Mary sat back in her seat, processing. She looked up at her daughter, finally noting the fragility of her tough exterior. Mary asked, So, that's what happened? Erica nodded before violently shaking for a moment. Mary then regarded Jefferson, who stared back neutrally. So, you have a daughter? I do. She nodded as she saw him with a new clarity. I'm glad she's safe. Jefferson met her eyes evenly and nodded. Me too. Mary looked at the blank monitors, processing. Okay. We need to get your video out immediately. Erica looked at her startled. She stammered, 
Wait, you're saying that we should... Jefferson raised an eyebrow. We? Yes, we, said Mary. Listen, I don't agree with what you're doing, and I definitely don't understand it, but I'm here for you in the way I can be. If you want to minimize your repercussions, the world must see your side of the story immediately. Erica stared at her mom, lip quivering. Oh, um, okay. Good, said Mary. Now let's get to work. Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater Heals after these messages. On the next episode of Theater of Heals, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heals. As Sprinter's life hangs in the balance, Ryan and his little sister April await his best friend's fate at the hospital. As the hours drag by, Sleek unexpectedly arrives to comfort them. However, an opportunistic intruder enters the desolate scene, making an awful situation even worse. Tune in next week for Theater Appeals, Volume 2, Chapter 33, Waiting for the Finish Line. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater Appeals. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at Patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell. <laughs>